All right, and this is the Crab Tackle Review, and I'm Justin Hollinger. And I'm Kevin Seiler. And this is week 35 of the 2016 Cult Movie Challenge. This week was Mystery Science Theater 3000 week, or MST3K mm-hmm. week, however you want yes. to say it. If you don't but have not time. Mystery Science Theater. No. Which, uh, what was it? Was that like the original, the public access version? I, I think so. I just know that a lot of the fanboys get mad if you just say Mystery Science Theater. I've been a fanboy for 20 years now, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> if you want to say Mystery Science Theater, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Mystery Science Theater, MST, MST3K, MST3000, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Go ahead and say whatever the fuck you want to. Thanks for coming to the party and talking about it. Yeah. Also, what a lame party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought there was supposed to be chicks here. We're talking about two, a guy and two robots talking about a bad movie. <laughs> anyway. Well, there's the, the evil lady captive overlord thing well that was just for sci-fi there uh, they had a completely different a mad during comedy central yeah okay but we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah we're talking about the subject matter why would we do that so early into it <laughs> yeah. we, as is often the case and by often i mean every time we have off topic stuff to cover first i'll go ahead and go first cause yeah. I, I know i got i got at least four things that i could talk about first one is that i saw that uh, Warner Brothers has completely done a 180 on a plan that they had for the uh, DC movies, and they're going to go ahead and make Justice League Dark, mm. which is going to basically be a Justice League movie dealing with the more uh, occult and supernatural-themed characters from DC Comics, Constantine and... Uh, Swamp Thing thing are going to be the two primary ones. So they're not even doing a 180. At this point, isn't it just them doing a complete 360? Because at first I remember when they announced their extended universe, you Mm -hmm. know, post-Man of Steel, pre-everyone losing faith in everything, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) they had announced, you know, a slew of movies, and Justice League Dark was one of them. Well, that is true. Yeah, they, they, they... did a 180, and then this is the new 180. So if you want it all-encompassing, it's a 360. Yeah, yeah. The The first 180, wasn't it, like they said that, oh, we're not going to do that, we're going to do it, make it an animated feature, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Which they might still be doing. They might do an animated and a live action, because they yeah. don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> yeah. you've, you've got the DC Cinematic uh, Universe, you've got the DC Animated Universe, and you've got the DC Television Universe. <laughs> and the DC television universe doesn't even include all DC-based television shows because Gotham yeah. is in its own world, and then the television universe is Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and Supergirl. In other words, <laughs> everything that's on the CW. Yeah, and Supergirl. Isn't Supergirl C- CBS? Uh, it was for the first season. It's moving over to CW this year. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that it was on CBS in the first place. Yeah. It it just it, it seems like a better fit on the CW. Yeah. Um So yeah, big big clusterfuck of confusion going on over at DC just in general. Yeah. And I don't know. I just as you mentioned before that they made this announcement before everyone lost faith. Yeah. I I I'm still in the uh, lost faith step. I just, I don't, 
I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like, they, this is all just... You're you're built. You're trying to build. Um, it's like the scene from Monty Python, the Holy Grail, when the king is talking to his son. Is like, well, you know, I built a castle on the swamp, then it sank into the swamp. <laughs> then I built a second castle, that one also sank into the swamp. Then I built the third castle, that burned down, tipped over, then fell into the swamp. But the fourth castle stayed up. It's like <laughs> this is this is DC. Yeah, <laughs> they keep on building these shit castle movies, and they fucking fall. <laughs> the the only reason any of these movies will ever be good is because it's just it can't sink because it's too busy just floating on the corpse of all the others that came before it. <laughs> That's a shockingly accurate analogy. I think yeah. it it won't even be that good of a movie. It'll just be like, well, it wasn't as bad as all this other shit. Yeah. <laughs> So, Oscar. <laughs> oh, that'll be the day. Yeah, and then everyone will be like, "Why are you giving an Oscar to this movie?" He's like, "Why are we giving an Oscar to Marissa Tomei for My Cousin Vinny? Who fucking knows?" <laughs> you see what we gave the Oscar for for Best Actress back in two thousand? Gave it to Julia Roberts, Aaron Brockovich. Even though that Ellen Burstyn from Requiem for a Dream was right there, one of the most iconic acting roles in the past decade or two. No, yeah. we fucked off with that because she popped her tits out to get clean drinking water. <laughs> so I'll, I'll step off of that soapbox. <laughs> it's actually only been about 24 hours since I last brought that up. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that one always sticks in my craw, which is not a very common phrase, but I used it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, with Justice League Dark, they announced that the director is going to be. I'm going to try to make sure that I get this guy's name right. Doug Lehman. Okay who was going to be doing Gambit, but he's pulled out of that. Hmm. I'm going, I'm going to guess that it's because not, not because I, I don't know how much of it is created differences. My guess is just going to be that it, it's just been getting delayed so long. He's just sick of waiting around. Yeah. Um, so he's backed out of that and he's doing this. Uh, he did the first born movie. Yeah. Yeah, he did that, and he did uh, Edge of Tomorrow, if I recall correctly. Yes, was, was, which was a fantastic movie. I still need to see that one. Oh, very, very good movie. Um, so I I almost said I've got some hope for this. I don't. <laughs> All the reasons that I would have hope for this are the reasons that I had hope for Suicide Squad, and look what happened there. <laughs> you, can, you can put all the talent you want to in front of the camera. You can put all the talent you want to behind the camera. Studio is still there. Yeah. The studio has final say, and the studio has made it very clear: we don't give a flying fuck about an artistic vision. Yeah. So, who gives a shit at this point? They, you, you, you got bad cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, you're never and gonna... a lot of them. Yes. Um. So yeah, uh, thoughts on that? Uh, kind of on the same page you are. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see what, like, have they, I'm assuming not since it was just announced that this was a project they're going forth with, so I, I doubt they've announced any sort of casting or anything like that. Correct. But, uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be looking out for those announcements, mm -hmm. but I don't expect them to, uh, change my 
my uh, opinion going forward. Yeah, I I'm not even gonna necessarily be you know looking out for the announcements. I just they'll come across uh, my desk when they're released. You know, I <laughs> I'm sure I'll see them. I'm yeah, just, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hunt them down. Yeah, but you know whatever. They've all as far as I'm concerned with DC, they've pretty much already like shot their big loads. Mm-hmm. Like we've already seen this universe's iteration of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and the Joker and Harley Quinn. I you know I can't really think of that many other characters that I did. Did we see the Joker though? Because he showed up for like five minutes and then he's like, "Okay, see you later, bye." You know, I actually was thinking back to that movie today and. I was thinking, like, one of the reasons why I think I really did take it personally to a certain degree with the the disappointment was it felt like a complete con job. Yeah. I mean, they, for months and months and months before this movie came out, they just kept on shoving in everyone's face. Oh, Jared Leto was so crazy. Oh, he was so in character off the set during this movie. Oh, man, it, it was just so <laughs> Well, awesome. he had to be in character somewhere because he wasn't in character <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> Barely he's in character on the cutting room floor from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Um, you know, they kept on just throwing out all this shit. And it, it got to be a joke towards the end of it. Like, everyone started making fun of them because of this. It was like, yeah, yeah, he's so crazy and blah, blah, blah. And when the movie came out, it was like, it was so obvious that you were full of shit. This was totally not true. You conned us with this bullshit. Fuck you, Warner Brothers. Fuck you and your ballyhoo circus carny bullshit. It's fucking garbage. (laughs) I don't just, they've, I'm looking forward to when everything tanks. Because, boy, is it going to tank. Yeah. There's just... They've pissed off so many people at this point. And I, I just don't care anymore. I, I'm, I'm on Marvel's side all, from here on out. <laughs> I did see someone... Like, so, there was some Facebook posting of... Talking about Suicide Squad. I can't remember, like what exactly they're talking about. And someone just commented like, well, I don't know what everyone's problem is. I thought the acting or, or I thought the direction and writing were fantastic. I was like, how, how do you, what is your gauge? Yeah. Like, I like, I honestly, I couldn't even begin to wrap my head around like that. Like it, it was either, I, it couldn't have even been a troll because it was so basic and generic Yeah, that it's like, I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know, like, how someone would go into this movie and come out like, that was well written. <laughs> the way they set it up so that when it gets to the finale and this character who you don't really know that well is doing this thing that you don't really know what she's doing and they've got to stop her by doing this thing that you don't know what they're doing. Oh, my God, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic writing. <laughs> So that's my that's my rant. What do you got? Uh well, uh Gene Wilder died. That yep, that is true. It's a thing that happened. Mhm. I did see um this was a post by Eric from the Gory Details was kind of going off on he I guess he's been coming across a lot of people saying that 
a lot of people have been just kind of posers in uh, mourning the loss of Gene Wilder. Yeah. What's up with that? I, I don't. I, I guess I haven't come across this too much. Well, like I took it as uh, his was mo- more in response to people accusing people of being posers. Okay. Uh, like, cause, uh, like, and you always get that, you know, anytime a, a big celebrity, you know, dies, it's always, you know, you'll have a a handful of people like, oh yeah, tell me how, uh, how you were always such a huge fan and blah, blah, blah. Like Mm -hmm. I, I saw a lot of it when Bowie died, saw a lot of it when Prince died. Uh, I, I have admittedly, I haven't been seeing as much of it with, uh, with Wilder's death, but, uh, but that's kind of what I took his, uh, his status as. Okay. Yeah. I, this one, I, I don't get why people get so pissed. I mean, like he had such a, a, a widespread sort of filmography. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you had the family friendly Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, I guess just comedy classics of young Frankenstein and blazing saddles. Yeah. You had his, uh, racier sort of comedy stuff with Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Um, not race here as in Richard Pryor is a different race, but Richard <laughs> is an edgier. Yeah. So, I mean, like he kind of covered a lot of different bases. He had some romantic comedies he did with, uh, his wife, Gilda Radner. He yeah. was kind of all over the place. Yeah. And a lot of his stuff was pretty well known. So I don't really know who would be considered like a poser. You know, if you, if, if it was a situation like, you know, I'm sure it was quite a few times with uh, the death of Prince where people were saying things along the lines of, you know, oh, so I was such a big, big fan of his and all they really knew was uh, When Doves Cry in 1999. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty phony. But, I mean, when it comes to, like, an actor, it's like, if you've seen a couple of his movies, you're good. Yeah. You get, you get more of their death. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought... it. That is definitely kind of sad. I mean, it sounded like it was a bit of a struggle towards the end for him. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was. Uh, he was a graduate of uh, University of Iowa. Awesome. I haven't been there, but <laughs> I live. <laughs> but we that, live by it. I live in that state. Why can't I yeah. cheer? It? You call me a poser. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is pretty thick Hawkeye territory around here, so... That is true. I still, uh, actually, it was just a couple of days ago, I, I actually couldn't bring myself to throw away this pair of uh, Converse All-Stars that I have that are double-layered black and yellow because it's just, it's the Hawkeye's colors. I mean, they're they're yeah. completely worn to shit, but like, I, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. I gotta keep them. So that's my <laughs> memorial to... Gene Wilder, yeah. I can't throw away these pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect segue into our next off-topic. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, I did see that they've made the official announcement for the release date of uh, the the Ghostbusters remake on Blu-ray and all that sort of stuff. Certified fresh. Yes, <laughs> they they made sure that they are putting that on the front cover. That is on the front cover, certified. Yeah. Fresh. Uh, did you see that they gave it like a, a new subtitle? Uh, I think I saw it, but I didn't care enough to remember it. Yeah, 
It was uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call. <laughs> okay. Maybe if you had... Honestly, as stupid as it may sound, if they just put that subtitle on the movie when they first released it, they probably could have saved themselves a lot of headaches. Yeah. Just that simple subtitle would have told everyone, we're not trying to make this a remake. Yeah. Okay. It's part of the series. But when you have it be the same name, it's like, that's remake. Yeah. Um, I also did see that they're going to make it an extended edition by adding 15 extra minutes. (laughs) That's that's a threat right there. <laughs> Movie's now going to be two hours and 11 minutes. <laughs> Just make the credits scroll slower. <laughs> <laughs> Just give, give like a refund hotline at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just splice in the, uh, the BP CEO from the, that South Park episode. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I know at some point I'm going to see this movie. I'm just... Meh. It's one of those where like, alright, let's just get this over with. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty like much... shoveling snow at this point. It's got to be done. Yep, that's pretty <laughs> much how I uh, I still look at uh, Samurai Cop 2. I don't think it's going to be a good movie at all. I'm not going to enjoy myself in the least bit, but it's like, yeah, i, I got to watch this. Yeah. I still haven't. Same. <laughs> Again, not really going out of my way to see it. Yeah. So I get. I, I, I mean, I have it. It's just it's okay. waiting there. Uh, Same here. <laughs> maybe they should put that on the box for Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, answer the call. Kind of, <laughs> you're gonna treat it like Samurai Cop Two. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters, answer the call. New phone, who dis? <laughs> Ghostbusters, answer your telephone. <laughs> that that that's an inside joke. I would say it's yeah. obscure enough. Yeah, so, you know, people. If you don't know your David Cross comedy albums, I don't know what to tell you. If nothing else, I just, well, I did just tell you. Yeah. Um. What's next on your off-topic list? Uh, the the Riot Fest schedule got posted. This isn't really going to interest anyone outside of us. Correct. But uh, I was I, I was very pleased that mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of uh, sacrifices that are going to have to be made. So, mm-hmm. well, what is kind of funny is that uh, let's say hypothetically, which I think is a good shot at this being the case, uh, yeah. Casey, well, you're not you don't know what you're agreeing with yet. <laughs> Casey Pletcher from the Gory Details. Mm, yes, I, I, I think agree. it's I think it's safe to say. You disagree that he that he's a host <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yes, he exists. <laughs> yes, that is a person that exists. <laughs> uh, I think it's safe to guess that he's a regular listener of ours, and <laughs> he's going to be uh, giving us room and board, and he's also going to be doing like maybe a day or so of Riot Fest. So, nice. talking about this will appeal to about 5% of our audience. <laughs> so that's good enough for me. Let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a side note, I'd like to give a happy, happy birthday out there to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Be 
be it'd be amazing if I got that right. <laughs> we just get a comment. How did you know? Oh my god! <laughs> and then he tells two friends, and they tell two friends, and then we'll... and then the other say... friends just like stop telling me. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right fest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who would you say you're most looking forward to? Death Cab for Cutie. Okay. Which I, I should have known that. Which goes wildly against like every other band performing <laughs> with the exception of Morrissey. Morrissey's pretty close to that. Yeah, Not... Morrissey Death Grips, I think. <laughs> death Grips for Cutie. Yeah. Oh my god, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> that was low-hanging fruit at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, the uh Death Cab for Cutie, that's actually one of my like bucket list bands. That's one of the bands like I just I really really desperately want to see um them tool uh depeche mode is pretty high up there yeah i would put red hot chili peppers on there but only if they get i can't remember what the guy's name is but only john frusciante if, thank you only if they get john frusciante who that's without a doubt the best guitarist they've ever had he, he when he's in the band bam they are on fire it's just Masterpiece album, masterpiece album, masterpiece album. Out, without him, it's just, eh. To be fair, I, I like a lot of their early stuff, too. But okay. Like, uh, like, like I think uh, Freaky Styly and Uplift Mofo Party Plan are, are both really solid albums. I think, um, I mean, pretty much everyone believes or agrees that Blood Sugar Sex Magic is just phenomenal. Did I get the, did I get the album title right? You did. Awesome. But my my bread and butter for the band is the trilogy that is Californication, I'm With You, and the double disc album Stadium Arcadium. By I'm With You, did you mean By The Way? Oh, fucking Christ. That's, <laughs> was I'm With You with the one that was after Stadium Arcadium? Yeah, that's, I think, uh, their most recent one. No, that's not their most recent. They, re- uh, they released one just a couple months ago. Okay, so that's their second most recent one. Yes. Ah, oh, jeez, that was my bad. <laughs> but yes, by the way, Californication, Stadium Arcadium. That I, I honestly don't know if I've ever seen a band have that amazing of a three album streak at one at one point. I think that was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, I would honestly like if it was just a concert of the maybe they did like uh, what the Cure did once where they did like three nights in a row concerts. Each night was uh, just do an entire album from beginning to end. Because I know uh, the Cure did that. They did um, disintegration. I know is definitely one of them. Yeah, pornography, mm-hmm. and I think it was uh, blood flowers. I think. Okay. I got the I've got the DVD of all of them. I'm gonna have to borrow that from you. Okay. Um, but yeah, if they would do something like that, oh my god, that that'd be a hell of a night. Yeah, it would be a pretty long night with Stadium Arcadium, <laughs> but it'd be worth it, totally worth yeah. it. Um, oh, who else? Now that what that's three or four, that's good enough for me. What 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 are some of your bucket list bands? Ah, uh, I, I I've discussed before that uh this iteration of the misfits uh i i'd be i would almost call them a bucket list band if i had prior to them being announced for riot fest thought that there was 
any chance in hell I'd be able to see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always kind of considered uh, this to be a bit of a pipe dream band, if anything, because I never thought I'd be able to see it in a thousand years. Same with Refused, who we're also going to be seeing. Correct. Uh, that that one's going to... I've been... Like, I got into them in high school. Uh, they originally broke up in 98, 99. Uh, so I, I was a bit late to the party. Uh, and I was mildly devastated when I found out that I would never be able to see them. And then, yeah, five... Well, it has been like four or five years ago, they announced... Uh, the reunion, and then they had the tour. Uh, we watched the live stream of Coachella, mm-hmm. and I was blown away. They hadn't lost an ounce of intensity, and they even have a new album out, which for some reason I haven't listened to. So I'm, you know, I'm really excited to be able to see them live, even though they're not headlining. Like just the fact that you know this is a band that I've wanted to see since I found out they existed, and never thought I'd be able to. If it makes you feel any better, Death Cat for Cutie isn't headlining either. They are. I thought they played at the. Uh... From the looks of it, they're doing that. Uh, they're in that uh, side stage before the headliner slot. Who's I... headlining that night? <sighs> that might be. That might be the night that Morrissey's headlining. Actually. Okay. So, you might kill yourself by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Double header of Death Cab for Cutie and Morrissey. Oh my god! You'll be, you'll be lucky. Everyone, stay away <laughs> from the razor blades. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I'm I'm trying to kill time by while looking this up here. Yeah, I was trying to do that too, but the website goes really slowly. I've got the app. Uh, first night, that's when we're doing no effects. Yeah, uh, which that that one is going to be a blast. Okay, yeah, uh, Saturday night, seven fifteen is Death Death Cab for Cutie. They play for an hour on the side stage. Eight fifteen, that is Morrissey, and he's going till ten. Okay, who else is? playing that night I, I can't remember you said that saturday yes okay uh nas yeah yeah so there's that <laughs> so um, yeah i guess i'll have to sit through morrissey <laughs> <laughs> i'm not look i'm it's not that i'm not looking forward to morrissey it's just like yeah, all right yeah I, I was joking I, okay. I, i'm i'm looking forward to morrissey well like i if we're talking about, um, as you mentioned before, if we're going to incorporate bands that like it's physically possible to see them since all the members are alive, yeah, but it's very unlikely. Which you know Smith. now it's yeah Smith yeah. without a doubt, without a doubt. I well, you know, what were you saying though before I answered your? Well, I was just gonna say like it it you know it feels like in this day and age we're getting a lot of that. I mean you know we've got Refused, we've got the original Misfits, and uh, wasn't that long ago that they. I think they started the original lineup of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And uh, it's sounding like the pieces may be coming together for an original lineup reunion of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Which... I'd be interested to see them. I, I wouldn't go, like, way out of my way to see them, I don't think, unless... I don't know. I don't know how how excited I'd be to see them, to be honest. If I went to see the original lineup of Smashing Pumpkins, I think the only reason would just be, in between the songs, I would just yell out qu- uh, questions to Billy Corgan, like, what are you doing with TNA? Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who are not familiar, Billy Corgan, very high up in uh, the uh, inner workings. President, I believe, is his title? I believe, uh, God, he might, he's... 
I I think it might be president. Yeah. Yeah. If if it's not, I, from what I've heard, it, he's on the verge yeah. of that. It's just it's fucking insane. <laughs> now, go <laughs> on, on go a on. lot of different <laughs> way on a lot of different levels. Yeah. It's insane that that company still exists. I think. From what I've heard, they're actually getting a little bit of a bump from just the insanity that is yeah. the. Uh, it's Nero, a it's a spectacle at, at this point. Like. <laughs> What originally just started as we got we got a couple drones in the mail. Let's have some fun and do some <laughs> shit on the weekend. It's just ballooned into this just orgasm of chaos <laughs> and insanity. I was I was talking to uh, my my friend Jeff who uh, listened to our first episode of Smarks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was. Uh, we we were we're in this wrestling group on on Facebook and we were talking about it and uh, I I sent him the uh, the link to the uh, the final deletion uh, so I'm very curious to see to hear if he watched it and what his thoughts were. Do you know they're coming out with a sequel? Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I honestly like I don't even know how to respond to that because like just the idea of like they're coming out with the sequel to a wrestling match what. Yeah. <laughs> so like a rematch no a sequel <laughs> i don't even know how to yeah how to talk about this it's just though i'll say one thing about it that is genuinely positive it's not like a backhanded uh, yeah. compliment if nothing else it's incredibly refreshing in the world of professional wrestling to see an american promotion that is not in any way replicating WWE right now. Yeah. Now, TNA is to a certain degree, but this whole Brother Nero, Broken Matt Hardy, yeah, whatever you want to call this, uh, that whole storyline, you, you've never seen anything like it before in WWE. Yeah, it, it, it's, for better or worse, it is completely mm-hmm. original. It's kind of like when, I mean, if you if you just have been born and raised on WWE, WWF mentality and like, you know what the version they did of it in WCW and the, the version they've been doing for quite a few years at TNA. If you see something from new Japan, it's, it's like a completely different beast Yeah, because it was, it uh, was born and raised in a world removed from WWE and they yeah. grew up with their own mentality. And it's just like, it's such a breath of fresh air to see something that different. Yeah. Uh, it, that's not to say that the broken Matt Hardy storyline is that different, but it's, it's something different. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have. So Go, going back though, uh, uh, quite a ways at this point, uh, bucket list bands who like mm-hmm. it, it's possible in the sense that all these people still walk the earth, but I don't know how likely it is. Talking Heads would be the one for me. I can see that being a possibility. Yeah, I, and there's there's been uh, there's been you know hints of it that you know something might be uh, in, in the earliest stages of you know coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I know recently it announced that. Uh, David Byrne was uh, doing a Talking Heads tour with uh, Arcade Fire as his backing band, hmm. and that that got uh, I was kind of interested in that actually. Like I don't 
care much for Arcade Fire's music that I've heard, mm-hmm. but they've they've got the right approach, the right instrumentation, I guess, if you want to say it. Uh, they have to make... instruments that they can do, use. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the right ones. Because Talking Heads, they got a lot of layers to their music, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of instruments in Arcade Fire, so it could work. Uh, so, like, I... I like I didn't really see that as being too bad of an idea. I, I'm I'm very curious. Uh, I, I'd be very curious to see if anything comes of that, though. I I just like the idea of just like well, I said we need a bass guitar. I know I heard you say bass guitar, but I thought this lute might work. <laughs> I can actually see that conversation happening between yeah. David Byrne and Arcade Fire. Yeah. <laughs> David Byrne's just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> For tonight's performance, the drums have been replaced by this scimitar. <laughs> yeah, the sword. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I think I was originally going to say, uh, was it? Sitar. Uh, Sitar or the, the Zenther. Is that another one? I don't know. Doesn't the... sound like anything I've ever heard of. That's a theremin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naming shit at this point. <laughs> Okay, so, I, I, I guess that was all Riot Fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. They did announce today, officially, the upcoming second season of Netflix's Stranger Things. Yeah. Which you have not gotten around to watching. Correct. Okay. I got bad news for you. Okay. When it comes to Stranger Things, it's, uh, oh, what is it? I think it's, uh, it's eight episodes? Yeah. Okay, so it's eight episodes, and they're all eh, about 50 minutes or so. Yeah. So just basically think of this movie you watched today times eight. <laughs> That's an investment. Because then again, you guys have been marathoning Supernatural, like, constantly. Yeah, and we plowed through both seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. So, I mean, it's it can be done. I, I still haven't gotten around a second season of Daredevil. I just... I, I need to. Are, are you still stuck in that whole, like, well, everyone says it's good, so no. Like, is that still what's going on, or is it just, like... I think it was just a matter of, like, after watching Daredevil and Jessica Jones, I was like, you know what, let me just take a step from, away from all of it and just try some other stuff. That's fair. Honestly, because you did watch those pretty much back to back, mm -hmm. whereas I I watched them like as as they were coming out. Yeah, Uh, although I'm trying to think because we I don't think we had Netflix when Jessica Jones came out. So like we watched Jessica Jones and Daredevil season two pretty close together, but we did have enough time in between. So it didn't feel like I was just going straight from one to the other. Well, that, I honestly, it was a, a little bit of, you know, as I loved Daredevil season one. Yeah. But I, every time I've thought back to Jessica Jones, I just, I have no positive memories of it <laughs> at all. I, I didn't think, I didn't really like any of the characters. Even Jessica Jones herself, like, she was a really shitty person. And just, like, you I'm sure a lot of people always make the case, well, no, she's a flawed individual. No, she's fucking stupid is what she is. <laughs> like, so much of this show just kept on existing, even though she had the ability at all times 
to kill the person that was murdering all these innocent people. She wouldn't do it because there was this one woman in prison for a murder she didn't commit. Well, for a murder that she did commit, but he made her commit. And she just kept on waiting and waiting and waiting to try to get him in a position where he can be held accountable for it. And then it, it just, it was all worthless. It was all fucking worthless. <laughs> it was a big waste of time. It was like, oh, you motherfuckers. This is not good writing. This, like a half of the series was like a, a MacGuffin. <laughs> as stupid. And I just, so much the time that I think back to the show, the only thing that pops in my head is just David Tennant going, Jessica! Because <laughs> he did that a lot. Someone should make a super cut of just every time he yelled Jessica. <laughs> they could just watch a random episode. You got your super cut. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That and like, this one really felt like, yeah, obviously, since it's Netflix, there's no, you know, TV-14 FCC bullshit to deal with. Yeah. But they were still wanting to mind their P's and Q's to a certain degree. So what we end up getting is uh, the most graphic sex scenes I've ever seen that don't show any nipples or pubic hair. <laughs> or, well, or, or areas where there would be pubic hair. Yeah. Or butt cracks. So... No exposed naughty bits, but a lot of thrusting. A lot of and thrusting. A lot, lot of, of moaning. A lot of moaning, grunting, banging them headboards. Yeah. But it, it but you you don't they don't go full. They don't go all the way. Yeah. It, it was weird. <laughs> it's like it's like if uh, if you're watching a movie and Someone, if like if you were watching The Dark Knight, and it's the scene where he uh, cuts um, uh, uh, Michael Jai White is that the guy's name? Mm-hmm. It, when he cuts his mouth, and they have like they cut away from it. Yeah. But then they immediately cut back, and you just see this big gaping wound. It's like, well, why did you cut away? <laughs> but then still show us it anyway. I don't. It, it, it makes no sense. It's really kind of odd. So that's my grievances with Jessica Jones. Yeah. It's been a while since I've complained about it. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like, yeah, they go out of their way to show, to, to cover any sort of nudity during the sex scenes, but just, like, afterwards they just cut to Jessica, she just got face covered in jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to... Th- I was trying to think of a pun with uh, the name Luke Cage, but I'm just, I got nothing. Yeah. Nah, I thought I had something for a second. Yeah, it's gone. Yep. Moments passed. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just... Eh. That that left a... I really don't want to say what I was about to say after the, the jizz <laughs> remark. <laughs> say it. We all know what's coming. You have to say it. Oh, well, you just... Yeah, yeah. You said no, you no, said, I no, no, I no, 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 that, that counts. No, the wind's that still counts. in your sails, ball's still in your mouth, say it. No. <laughs> you said coming, there you go, that's it. <laughs> Unintentional pun has been done. <laughs> For the record, he was going to say it left a bad taste in his mouth. That is true. <laughs> but I didn't jump on that grenade, you did. 
I didn't really jump on it. I just kind of stumbled and landed on it. <laughs> hey, everybody, what's going on? Oh, wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was the audio version of you walking and tripping over a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been Oops, What Did I Say Theater with Justin Holliger and Kevin Sadler. <laughs> what are we talking about? Stranger Things? <laughs> I don't know. Riot Fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did change it to Stranger Things. I think that's how we got on the whole thing about uh, binge-watching TV shows. Yeah. Because it went from Stranger Things, you guys watched Supernatural, to you guys had wa- had binge-watched... Uh, well, not binge-watched, but you had watched all the, the Daredevil seasons yeah. and Jessica Jones. Okay. Um, I think the only show that I've really successfully binge-watched pretty much from beginning to end was Breaking Bad. If we're talking about, like, intentional binge watches like i will unintentionally watch like four hours of the simpsons at any given time <laughs> i it wasn't that long ago when i had a, a third shift job where i was like you know was, mm, the sun was just starting to set and i was like well you know let's get some of this stuff from my dvr off of here and next thing you know it's like oh look at that the sun's rising i've watched nothing but bob's burgers american dad and family guy <laughs> not a bad night actually yeah i was gonna say like i see no reason to complain yeah you need to watch more boss burgers i do uh, it's i need to catch up on archer as well oh i i'm sorry boss burgers infinitely better than archer yeah i it just there's too many jokes on archer that are reoccurring that it's just like all right it, at times it can feel like paint by numbers yeah and it could also kind of feel like they're just like you know they're just kind of going off on a tangent in character. <laughs> like, they, they'll definitely do that on Bob's Burgers. Although, they tend to be more towards the beginning. Yeah. But, it's, I don't know, it's it's more lighthearted, I think. Yeah. A lot of Archer is just mad people yelling at each other. <laughs> Life imitates art. Yep. Which I still find funny, like, my dad loves Archer. <laughs> and he hates Sonny in Philadelphia. Really? And his reason is because they're just yelling at each other. It's like, <laughs> what? have you, do you watch, watch Archer? <laughs> yeah. Or like, that's the, your explanation for hating one thing is very much alive in a thing that you love. <laughs> so that's weird. I don't like this candy. It tastes like strawberries. Oh, you don't like strawberries? No, I love strawberries. (laughs) Basically that. (laughs) I hate strawberry candy. That's why I stick with Twizzlers. Yeah. I know they make cherry ones. Shut the fuck up. If you want to pick apart the joke, go ahead and pick apart the joke. Shit. Those make chocolate. Would you like to name some Twizzler flavors, Kevin? Uh... They have, like, the different colored ones. I had watermelon not that long ago. It wasn't bad. The green one? It was, like, a green and red. Yeah. They, they think, have a blue one. I think the red one is, like, the, the sour apple or whatever. Okay. I, yeah, they, I have think, a, they have a blue one that I'm assuming is just blue raspberry. It's very possible. I'm thinking maybe at this point we should get to the movie because now we're just talking about various candies. <laughs> and, we're going to have spent more time on the off-topic than the actual runtime of this movie. <laughs> Oh, very close, actually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Movies like 51 minutes were about 44 minutes. Yeah. Um, what was, uh, 
I was actually gonna say like you know if we're gonna if we're gonna keep on talking about candy this much, we might as well just call ourselves OSW Review. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, I'm sure there's like no one that listens to our podcast that knows what the fuck that is. Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes of our podcast. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, I did. Oh God, I. I'm going to sidetrack for a moment. Uh, for those that are not familiar with the OSW Review, uh, it's a video podcast, stands for Old School Wrestling Review, and they just do a very detailed review of old school wrestling, They're like old wrestling pay-per-views, like wrestling, mm-hmm. like the first WrestleManias and all that sort of stuff. I was watching one recently where there was a segment, it was WrestleMania 9, which they build as coming from Caesar's Palace. More accurately, it was coming from Caesar. Caesar's Palace's parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, they had some Japanese cliched photographer characters in the crowd. They were, take, they were to take photos for the uh, uh, challenger to the championship, Yokozuna, the, the sumo wrestling character. And he's trying, the, the, um, the crowd commentator is trying to get some remarks from them about what happened. And every time he just hands the microphone to them, they're like, ah, ha, 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 number one, number one. And it's like, <laughs> Oh my God. And then he just starts going, Oh, uh, uh Yokozuna hands it back. He's like, Oh, Yokozuna, number one. It's like, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the guys on there just goes, that would be like, and could, I should point out they're Irish. Yeah. He, he just goes like, that would be like, if we Went to Africa and one of the media just jumps and is like, careful now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, his explanation was like, if we just went to Africa or some other place where they don't speak our language, so in order to try to talk to us, they just go, um, potato? Oh, potato, potato, yes, yes, potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much right. It, it, Jesus Christ, it's amazing. Just like, what was, that was 93. So 23 years ago so fucking racist like this was like charlie chan shit <laughs> in 1993 Ugh. so that's my thoughts on a different podcast it's not ours yeah. <laughs> so yeah movie then yeah this, this movie that we watched for mystery science theater 3000 week Actually, that's a pretty good segue. Uh, we're just talking about wrestling. Why don't you tell us who this movie oh, stars? There, right you are. Movie stars, former wrestler Tor Johnson. Also, a uh, former living person. He's yeah, dead now. it's true. He Interest- used to be alive. Interestingly enough, Tor Johnson was portrayed in the biopic Ed Wood, which was directed by uh, Tim Burton. And he was portrayed by another former wrestler, Georgie Animal Steel. Quite very good casting, I might add. Yeah, but yes, this movie is called The Beast of Yucca Flats. Mm-hmm. Directed, written, I think produced, definitely narrated. Yeah, by the uh, cinema auteur <laughs> Coleman Francis. Coleman Francis Ford Coppola. Coleman Francis comes alive. <laughs> uh, this is also not true. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dead people in this movie. Uh, the uh, thing I'm trying to think, what, like, how do I go about explaining this movie? Uh I should probably just do what we what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, which is stumble our way through it. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> okay. we've gotten this far doing that. Yeah. The movie 
starts off with the scene of a woman. I think she was just getting out of the shower. Yeah. Towel. Wrapped in a towel. Yep. And there's a constant and very annoying clock ticking sound. Yeah. Over the soundtrack. Actually, that's all. That's all that the soundtrack is. In yeah. There, there's no actual sounds coming from the scene. It's mm-hmm. just imposed ticking noise. Mm-hmm. And it's just showing her, like, coming out of the bathroom, walking around in her bedroom, like, getting some stuff prepared. And then this person, who I guess is Tor Johnson, uh, comes into Uh, the room while she's sitting on the bed, strangles her, kills her, and then, like, picks her legs up and kind of gets them onto the bed. And then he just kind of starts getting into the bed with her. Like, I, I, were they suggesting that he's raping her? See, I, I don't really remember that happening in the movie. Like, I I know that... uh, That's really sad, because didn't you just finish this movie? Yeah, but, like, uh, I, I don't... The, the way I kind of interpreted the scene, because one of the first uh, moments, one of the first lines of narration... Which which is the majority of uh, the the words you hear spoken in this movie are narration. There's very little dialogue, uh, but one one of the first lines of narration talks about uh, it, it says uh, some along the lines of uh, Soviet scientists uh, Joseph Javorsky was that mm-hmm. I think his character's name uh, his wife and child were killed uh, and so he defected from Russia. And arrives in the U.S. the The narration doesn't cover all that, but he, it, it mentions the the wife and child killed. So I, I didn't really interpret the uh, the murderer of this woman to be uh, to, to be Tor Johnson. Yeah, it, it's not his character. It's you know someone who has it out for him basically because the Soviets are trying to get to him. Okay, so you thought that was you think that's his wife. Yeah, that was being killed. Okay, I didn't get that at all because if I remember correctly, in the movie, they never show the face of the person. Yeah, which that right there tips me off to think this is supposed to be Tor Johnson, and I'm thinking what happened was they just they shot this very quickly after they had shot the rest of the movie because they were like, oh shit, this movie's only 48 minutes. We need to beef <laughs> it up to 51 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so they just got a ra- a random big guy. They could just shoot from the neck down that would stand be a stand-in for Tor Johnson. Yeah. Because, if I remember correctly, his clothing is pretty tattered. It would be really weird if they uh, hired and sent a hobo to kill uh, the wife and child of this <laughs> Russian nuclear scientist. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to make sense of how that would fit like into the narrative, though. Like. I mean, my, if, my if his thinking, clothing is already tattered. Like. Well, see, now my thinking was that it was basically a flash forward. Okay. Uh, they they Tarantinoed the movie up a bit. It's, or maybe maybe they're trying to imply that he killed his wife and child before defecting, like maybe to cover his tracks or something. I don't know. I don't think that's the case at all because that would also suggest that before he became. Uh, a nuclear radiated monster. He liked to wear tattered clothing in his spare time. Yeah, maybe we're just supposed to look past that fact because I don't even remember the clothing being that tattered. I, 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 
I don't remember a lot of this movie, to be honest. Which is really sad because you've watched it twice within the past week. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's not saying much. Or, I mean, that's saying a lot, actually. Yeah. The complete opposite of what I just said. So, yeah, that's pretty much the opening scene. And then we get the opening credits, which actually are kind of done in a cool way. They do, like, the, the title crawl, like you see it in credits. Yeah. But you get them at the beginning over shots of uh, Javorsky's plane landing after he defected mm-hmm. and, you know, getting off and meeting with people and everything. And it, it was kind of cool because like, it, it just, it it seemed like a nice little stylish thing. Yeah. Not great, but... <laughs> <laughs> and we get to, uh, he's trying to be kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Chauffeured by the Secret Service. Secret Service? Secret Service. And then you have Russian Secret Service, the KGB, chasing him. And uh, not that intense or anything. Like, at one point, they just pull (laughs) over and they're having a gunfight between the Secret Service and the KGB. And they just tell him, like, Javorsky, fucking run. You got to get out of here. So he's like, all right. And he's just moving at, like, two and a half miles an hour. Just just taking a stroll through the uh, nuclear test site. Yep. He, at one point, he's kind of getting his uh, his hands up, just kind of like, oh, 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 excuse me, excuse me, with like the uh, the local flora and fauna. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really. Uh, I, I don't. I, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would do that. Yeah. He's <laughs> a very large man, and it's just like oh, he's kind of walking very dainty, like. Maybe, maybe he's. Maybe we're supposed to get the vibe that he's the the gentle giant, which kind of contrasts what he turns into the... uh, The jolly green giant. Yeah. (laughs) I can't tell if he's green, the movie's in black and white, but but no, like, like, because he turns into mindless rage monster who kills things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. (laughs) You actually did just remind me of another uh, joke from Mystery Science Theater that was on a different (laughs) episode. But it was a Coleman Francis movie, Red Zone Cuba. All right. Where at one point they just go, is is the film grainy or is it just these guys that are kind of grainy? <laughs> <laughs> I think it also it works here. Like, was eh. the Skydivers? Was that his other movie? Yeah, Skydivers, okay. Red Zone Cuba, and Beast of Yucca Flats, which I think is actually that's also the order that they were in on the show. Hmm. I don't know if that's uh, chronologically. Beast of Yucca Flats was his first film. Okay. So, okay, so this is where he's trying everything out. Yeah, it was Yucca Flat Skydivers, Red Zone Cuba. Ah, uh, Red Zone Cuba does feel like he perfected a lot of things by then. <laughs> I might, oh man, I don't know, I don't know which of the three I would say, like, how would I rank them in terms of, like, you know, craftsmanship? <laughs> uh, I think Skydivers is probably the most well put together one. Okay. Which is sad, <laughs> as is the movie. And just call me Francis, Francis in general. Um, <laughs> like a flats of Red Zone Cuba. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's almost like a toss-up. Well, this is the only one I've seen, so this you one, have the floor. This one has more nothingness than Red Zone Cuba. This has more nothingness than a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But Red Zone Cuba has more what the fuck are we doing here and why are we here? (laughs) 
which that's also very surprising because there's a lot of that in Red Zone Cube or uh, basically like a flat Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting them all mixed up. <laughs> um, while he is slowly making his way through the American Southwest in order to avoid the KGB, yeah. it just an, an A bomb just goes off, <laughs> which awesome reactions yeah <laughs> <laughs> we get we get reactions from the kgb because by the time the a-bomb goes off they've killed the secret service and they're making their way back to their car so they can go hunt down uh javorski yeah they just like they do like um you basically just kind of like pelvic thrust the sky and then falls down <laughs> and uh javorski just kind of reacts like someone just caught him by surprise by taking a flash photo of him. Yeah. <laughs> that seems about it. Yeah. And then cut to stock footage of an A-bomb going off. Mm-hmm. Although there was a really... This is not going to happen very much with this movie. <laughs> genuine compliment. Yeah. After the A-bomb went off, there was a genuinely cool shot of Javorsky's briefcase with flames all around the edge of it. Yeah. And him kind of like reaching tr- towards it, trying to reach out to get it. And yeah. He just has, doesn't have the, the energy to do it because of the A-bomb. It's like, that was actually really cool looking. It, that's the end of the compliments for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally have one other note written down about this movie, <laughs> but it's all right because I've seen the mystery science theater episode. At least a dozen times. I've pretty much got this movie memorized, so I I can make my way through it after this. The only other note that I have written down is that I don't think that there was any on-set audio recording. Yeah, I I made several notes of that, actually, because every time we get a line of dialogue, which is somewhat rare, like, Mm -hmm. I'm talking, like, less than 20 times throughout the movie, uh, every time it's either a character is speaking from off screen mm-hmm. or they're on screen, but their face is out of frame. They're either with their back toward the camera or it's just like a shot from like the waist down type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's such a wide shot that we couldn't tell if their mouths were moving, even if they were. Right. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember examples of like all of those. I remember uh, the family, Pulling up to the gas station and asking if they can get gas, and the shot is just of the gas station attendant yeah. looking at them. Yeah. Then there's the shot of the kids coming back to the parents as they're going to be leaving the gas station, talking about how they saw a, well, a coyote. Yes, as the way they said it, a coyote. And the camera is, like, on top of, like a pickup truck 20 feet away. So you can't really see shit in terms of like, is this matching up with their, uh, their lips at all? Don't know. And then there's uh, one shot. I remember of the two parents in the family talking outside of the car. Yeah. The camera shot is through the back windows of them. And so he is, leaning up against the door on the other side of the car from where the camera is. So yeah. he's, his head is completely out, blocked out from the, the frame of the window in the back seat. So you can't see <laughs> shit and th- just repeat all that. Yeah. My, my favorite, I think my favorite example was, uh, 
uh, conversation between the the man and the wife, uh, where the wife asks uh, him something, and the shot is like him. I think he's like working on the car or something along those lines. He, he's doing something, uh, but the camera's on him. She's off screen while she's talking, and then for him responding, the shot is just uh, the camera's pointed at the wife with him talking off screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just constant. <laughs> like they went out of their way to not have to lip sync any dialogue. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that they just didn't have uh very good equipment. Like they couldn't pinpoint like when they were starting up audio. Like they could pinpoint it to within a second, but they couldn't yeah. get like the exact frame or anything. Yeah. Or it could have just been outright laziness on their part. Who knows? Because <laughs> there is, if there's not on-set audio recording in his other films, they did lip-sync it pretty damn well. Every Skydivers and Red Zone Cuba both have numerous, numerous instances of people talking with the camera on them. So yeah. those were, he must have perfected it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to make you sit through Skydivers and Red Zone Cuba. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll mystery science. Thank I'll, you. I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to make note of like this, like like that. There's not a whole lot going on in this movie, uh, and it, like I, I actually compared it to The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. The Wolf of Wall Street is a three-hour-long movie. And it feels like a fucking half hour. Like, it's just a mile a minute, and you're, like, winded by the end of it. Mm -hmm. This one, it's not even an hour. It's 51 minutes, and it feels like three hours. Yeah. (laughs) It it didn't feel as long for me, just because, again, I've seen the Mystery Science Theater episode so many times that I was filling in the blanks of where the jokes were in my head. Um, the one thing that's a disappointment with this movie, uh, as is, you know, usually I don't have this problem when watching the regular versions of movies around Mystery Science Theater. Uh, usually they cut scenes out Yeah. for either time constraints or something's too graphic or cursing right. or sex or whatever. Nothing was cut out of this movie that I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a problem where the, it was a 51 minute long movie, so they needed to put two shorts in before they covered it on mystery science theater yeah. which that's that's bad yeah um i'm trying to think i, I, I ha, we haven't even really tried that hard to <laughs> cover the plot yeah air quotations here um okay so yeah he's turned into some like sort of nuclear monster which is just him with some clay on his face and yeah. tattered clothing and he stumbles across this couple who have a flat tire on the road out in the desert. Yeah. He kills both. No. No, he kills he kills her, doesn't he? Or No, she's still alive, I thought, okay. when when they find her. Okay. He kills the guy. He pretty much like I guess just Knocks out. N- yeah, knocks her out. Renders unconscious. Yep. <laughs> uh picks her up and carries her up. A, a hill, or no, up a cliff. Yeah, a vertical cliff wall, essentially. Yeah, and just kind of has her in a cave with him, like that's his new home, I guess. Yeah. And so we cut to 
uh, at this point, we've uh, switched to uh, two parallel stories going on of the sheriff's office that is trying to hunt down the person that committed the the murder at the car and is trying to find the missing woman because they found her purse. Yeah. And we also have the story of the family that we had been talking about before where they're basically road tripping through the desert and they have car problems, pull over, kids just fucking wander off, bump into uh, Javorski at one point. Yeah, they're like drinking out of a pond. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember that. It's... Yeah, they, they run over to the pond and like lay down on their stomachs with their like faces at the water and then... He shows up with a uh, with a stick, like he's gonna play fetch with him. I actually changed the shot of him just standing there with the stick in his hand. I changed that to my cover photo on Facebook. I, I saw that, and <laughs> I, I was very pleased that I saw it, and I knew that no one else was gonna get what the hell that is. Yeah. <laughs> Someone on your Facebook page, like, just they thought that was just a photo of an old teacher. I guess I that... I don't know if she was serious about thinking that, but. She thought it looked like an old yeah. teacher of hers that you didn't know. Yeah. Because you were at a different school. It's true. I My guess is that they just gave him the stick because at a certain point during filming, he just literally could not walk anymore. So they're like, <laughs> just here, here's a walking stick. Uh, or, you know, as they point out, Mystery Science Theater with the walking stick now, he just looks like a, a garden gnome. Yeah. <laughs> Which is shockingly accurate, actually. Yeah. It does. It looks like a Gandalf stick. Yeah. Which is amazing that he was able to find that in the middle of the desert. <laughs> but we get... Uh, okay, so the sheriffs, they find the woman at the cave. They, didn't, they can't find Javorski. So what they do is they hire uh, former army uh, snipers and uh, paratroopers. He's like a paratrooper, yeah. Yeah. To basically get into a plane, fly over the area, see if they can find anyone. If they find anyone, assume that's the killer, snipe them down. Shoot first, ask Christian Slater. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm very disappointed. In hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have picked this movie because then you watch Mystery Science Theater and now all of a sudden you realize that's where I was getting that joke from. <laughs> but uh, they end up stumbling upon the father from the family who was out searching for the two boys <laughs> assume that's the killer start shooting at him <laughs> rip off i verbatim the famous shot of the crop dusting plane yeah. swooping in on carrie grant from north by northwest yeah and he just gets like does he get like shot in the gut or something? Like he keeps on nursing the gut, but he doesn't. He's not bleeding, and he actually, you know, he's running pretty well afterwards. Yeah. So I was like, not that bad. A man runs. Yes. Somebody shoots at him. That's all we got. <laughs> that was that was the actual line of narration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that one. Without a doubt, the best uh, line narration in the movie is "Flag on the Moon." Yeah. How did it get there? <laughs> Flag on the Moon. How did it get there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty well known. I More than anything else, that just amazes me because like, okay, so he just referenced the moon landing. Yeah. That means this movie was made in or after 1969. Yeah. Holy shit, it does not look like it. This movie looks like 10 years older than that. This movie was made in 1961. 
Hmm. That's... Huh. So I think you know what this means. Coleman Francis, time traveler. No, Coleman Francis is the one who staged the moon landing. They just pinned it on Kubrick. Ah, I think you might have something there. <laughs> I'm trying to do a search for Beast of Yucca Flats on my uh, on the mobile version of Internet Movie Database. Yeah. But I just gave up halfway through trying to type Yucca because I saw that it, it thought I was searching for Brassy If. Huh. So, yeah. But I think my favorite line of narration was, uh, touch a button, things happen. <laughs> that tends to be what happens, yeah. <laughs> things. I don't even, I don't even remember the context, like, that, that, that was, uh, spoken in. Like, I don't remember what was happening on the screen. I just wrote that line down verbatim. <laughs> oh my god. I just I was just looking the movie up, uh, just seeing some trivia. This was the final starring role for Tor Johnson. Correct. He also shows up in Head, which we will be covering the mm-hmm. last week of the cult movie challenge. Well, just shit on everything, why don't you? Okay. No, I was just that was I was reading the movie trivia as well. <laughs> um So the father gets shot. Sheriffs, I guess, think they have their man. Like, first of all, like it when the sheriffs get to the cave, like it's shown that it's like quite the harrowing mission on their part to get to the cave. They're basically like having to cling to the edge of a cliff, like uh, Tom Cruise at the beginning of Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, and it's like how these two, you know, young guys in shape are on the edge of death at all times, but fat old Tor Johnson got up there with no problems while carrying a limp body is beyond yeah. me. It's fucking insane. Especially, well, maybe that's why he needed that stick later on. He couldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. He, like he pulled a muscle or something. <laughs> um, oh, what are... At one point, the boys are in the cave. Yeah. And basically just run out before he can catch them. Like he, I think they're in a cave. I don't know if it's his cave. Cause well, yeah, because uh, he basically just laid down at the front of the cave to take a nap and they just walk past them. (laughs) And like, that's right. After walking past him, he just gets like, huh? (laughs) Which is very similar to my personal favorite moment in the film where he comes back to the cave after the sheriffs have retrieved the woman and picks up a rock. Yeah. And the narrator just goes, the beast, having seen that his possession has been taken away, unleashes his rage. And he just Lobs it. limply tosses the rock and just goes, ha! It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. It, like, it it feels like it was done as a joke. Like, that intensive narration with that lame of a payoff to it, that feels like that was a joke. But I don't think it was. I don't don't think it was either. I don't think this movie's capable of jokes. No. Uh, I don't, uh, oh. 
I'm trying to think of like how the movie resolves itself. The I think the sheriffs just shoot him down. Yeah. Uh, He's choking out the one sheriff, and like the younger-looking sheriff uh, guns him down. Mm-hmm. Pretty much empties his clip, if I remember right, because he's just got like a six-shooter, and I'm pretty sure I heard at least six or seven shots. So, seven shots would be amazing, then. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I know that with the family, after getting shot, the dad comes back to the car where the wife has been. Waiting for the kids to come back. Yeah. And he gets in the car and goes back into town for medical attention and just leaves her literally stranded on the side of the road. (laughs) Which, I gotta be honest with you, it's an interesting predicament. What would you do if you were him? Like, okay, family of four, two young boys... Mother and a father. In the middle of the desert, the car is working, but the boys have run off out of view. You don't know where they are. So at that point, it makes sense that the father would go out looking for them while the mother stays back in the car in case the boys come back while he's out looking for them. Okay. But then he gets shot. He needs medical attention. Desperately. Makes his way back to the car. Well, what do you do there? Do you do both the mother and the father get in the car, go back into town and fuck the boys? Who knows what's going to happen to them? Do you just hope that the boys show up eventually or else you're going to bleed out and die? What do you do? I, I'm honestly kind of thinking like, eh, maybe he actually did the best case thing. That, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Actually, I'm leaning towards because, yeah, I mean, at least this way you got. Yeah, both bases covered. He's getting yeah. his medical attention. Uh, she's the beacon in case they come back. So, mm-hmm. What a beautiful beacon that is. <laughs> Those horned rim glasses. Oh. <laughs> Every, everyone's perception of a librarian. Yeah. As the mother. <laughs> um, do we even get any explanation of what does end up happening with the father? Because like, we get the shot of the boys coming back and reuniting with the mom, but the father's not back yet. So now instead of the mother being abandoned on the side of the road, it's the mother and the two boys being abandoned on the side of the road. (laughs) And that's as good of a happy ending we're going to get in this movie. Abandonment. Yeah. See, I I thought I remember them all being reunited, but I can't pinpoint it. Again, you you like you literally finished this movie just before we started, didn't you? Yeah, and I was I, I had tuned it out pretty much from the okay. word go. <laughs> just like, eh. You had two opportunities to memorize this stuff <laughs> within the past week. Um, what are your thoughts on the movie as a whole? Uh, it, it's. It, it is entertainingly bad, but I wouldn't say it's entertaining enough to warrant watching outside of the Mystery Science Theater episode. Okay. So it's definitely not on the line of uh, The Room, Samurai Cop. Uh, right. Any um, Neil Breen film. Yeah, there's there's just not enough happening. I mean, despite its short runtime, it, it still kind of feels like a chore to get through. I can definitely see that. 
I can't, in all good conscience, give my opinion when it comes to this. It's physically impossible for me to watch this movie <laughs> and not have the jokes from the Mystery Science Theater episode in my head. Yeah. So, I, I really can't tell you. I mean, that kind of goes along with what I, I was saying, though. Like, like if you're going to watch this movie, watch the watch the Mystery Science Theater episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say there have been some movies that have been a Mystery Science Theater, and I've seen the episodes of uh, the movies numerous times. Yeah. And in all honesty, I don't think that the movies are that bad. Yeah. But but I can guarantee you, if I were to watch the movie in its regular version. I would have the jokes running nonstop in my head. Oh yeah, through, through no fault of the movie. Yeah. So I, it's not necessarily a matter of. In, in it, this, it's, it's not a sign of the quality of the film that I had the jokes running through my head. Yeah. All the things she said. All the things she said. Yeah. They also do a cover of "How Soon Is Now." I think I told you that. Uh I think you have. I, I haven't listened to it. <laughs> I just keep on watching a music video for all the things she said over and over again. On mute, preferably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 yeah, I, th- I think in this instance, uh, the uh, the mystery science theater episode makes this one a bit more bearable. Because like, if you're like me and don't have you know the jokes memorized, uh, that would be the ideal way to watch it. For for you, it, it's it's a special case because you have seen the episode mm-hmm. enough times that you don't need the commentary track to be hearing yeah. the jokes, but any, any version of the movie that I watch is the mystery science theater version. At yeah. Point. Yeah. For, for those not, uh, not as uh, familiar with the mystery science theater episode, just watch that version instead. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a really good episode actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy it quite a bit, which uh, as we were watching, cause I was over at your house when we watched a mystery science version this past Saturday and I was actually quite surprised as to well, I, no, it wasn't actually the movie itself. It was just the shorts that you were really getting a kick out of. The, I think by, mostly the first one. Yeah the uh, the Benjamin Franklin yeah. educational video about saving money. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, I think after the after the first short, you were starting to fade a bit. So yeah, I, I even on the weekends, I'm still one foot in the. First shift Brave. mindset, yeah. Well, there's not. That's not even. That's not difference. even first shift. You're actually you're halfway between first and third. Yeah, three and a half shift. You, you home shift. Yeah. <laughs> halfway between first and third, a second I was like, well, no, there's a second shift. So you're you're home shift. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm gl- I'm glad that you know to for the most part I'm glad that I picked this particular episode because I wanted to pick a movie that I really did think like what is just a train wreck of a film that is an amazing episode. <laughs> I thought this one was pretty good. I pretty much any of the three Coleman Francis movies would have been fantastic choices. Uh, Incredibly strange creatures who stop living became mix up zombies. That would also have been a great choice. Yeah. And I do have the DVD of that, so I guess that could have worked. I think I might watch that tonight. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I hate life enough. Why yeah. not? Why? Yeah. Do you know they actually had to change the original title? Of? The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stop Living Can Mix Up Zombies? 
I just wanted to hear you say it again. Okay. <laughs> it was originally going to be The Incredibly Strange Creatures or How I Learned to Stop Living and Become a Mixed-Up Zombie. Huh. Obviously, it was a play on Dr. Strangelove's title. Yeah. But they actually were threatened with a lawsuit by Kubrick. Huh. So they changed it to a different, a slightly different title that made just as much sense. <laughs> which is not much. I think, yeah, I'm definitely going to make you uh, watch the Mystery Science episodes of Skydivers and Red Zone Cuba. I, I, I need to make it a point to watch just more Mystery Science Theater in general. Oh, yes. I, I might be able to recommend some to you. Which is a joke, because, <laughs> again, I've been watching this show for about 20 years now. Yeah. I, man, as I'm thinking about it, like, I would say there's maybe 30 or 40 episodes of the show that I've seen over 20 times. Nice. And considering that each episode is the length of a feature film. Yeah. That's saying something. But yeah, there's plenty of classics out there to check out. I, I've, I'm mostly a fan of the three seasons that they did at the very end on the Sci-Fi Channel. I thought that was when they were at their best, although pretty much almost every episode that had Mike on it, I really, really enjoyed. I was not a very big fan of the original host, Joel. He was a little too mild for me, a little too yeah. soft. And he also, more than more so than Mike, he tended to have this routine where he would have a lot of reoccurring jokes in any given episode, and none of the jokes were terribly good. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, okay, there's that joke again. All right. I, it just wasn't my bread and my cup of tea. Yeah. He wasn't my bread of tea. But it's interesting that we are covering this because they're coming out with the uh, reboot, what have you, of Mystery Science Theater. It's going to be on Netflix. Uh, all-star lineup of people working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel's coming back. I don't think he's going to be in front of the camera. If he is, it's just going to be cameos. Primarily, just like um, showrunner, executive, yeah. producer, what have you. I know from what I've heard, the writing team is going to include Pat Oswalt, Dan Harmon, and Joel McHale. Yeah, that's uh, that's a solid lineup. That's that's incredible. Um, I know there are some people that have been announced for the cast. Uh, well, Patton Oswalt has been announced as a cast member. Yeah. Again, though, this is assuming that they're sticking with the plan because obvi- um, obviously most people are aware of this by now that unfortunately Patton Oswalt a few months ago lost his wife very abruptly and shockingly yeah um i'm assuming that they're holding back on things for the time being to let him deal with things yeah uh hopefully everything's gonna work out as planned as it was before the unfortunateness yeah i believe he did just make a a return to uh social media and stuff like that he's coming back into that realm which he was very prominent on you know mm-hmm. prior to the death of his wife and then yeah he he had a pretty long uh heartfelt facebook post so uh i want to say about a month or so ago i'd just, seen an art- uh, some article he had written yeah just talking about you know grief and the toll mm-hmm. that it took on him and 
Well, I mean, hopefully he's doing he's doing as well as one, one could. Yeah, one yeah. could in this situation at this yeah. point in time. Um, the plan, if nothing else, at, at one point was uh, he will be playing the son of TV's Frank, which was like the mad scientist sidekick on the Comedy Central seasons, except for the first one. Uh, and he was going to be uh, playing, uh, it was going to be called TV's son of TV's Frank. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, I got no problem with that. I, I think Pat Oswald, j- I think Pat Oswald would work well as both on screen and off screen talent for the show. And that would also really help to lend some attention to it. Yeah. It, it feels really weird. Cause for, for the longest time I felt like I was really on the fringe of geek culture by liking mystery science theater. <laughs> no one was talking about it. Like the most we had was there was a two second reference to it on an episode of Futurama. <laughs> That's what we had for the longest time. It was like, well, shit. And now all of a sudden Pat Oswald jumps on board. Dan Harmon jumps on board. Everyone's coming out of the fucking world work. Like, Oh my God, this show's amazing. We got to love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, personally, again, you know, I, Granted, I'm not a really big fan of uh, Joel Hodgson's run on the show. Right. But considering that I've watched as many hours of the show over 20 years that I have, I think it's safe to say I'm a pretty hefty-sized fan of the show. Having said that, I'm not really, really big on the uh, the reboot. The, I I'm not I'm not fully sold on it. Okay. It'll it'll have to be a thing of it when it comes out I'll see. Yeah. Maybe you know like you know announcement trailer, you know, get some f- idea of what we're dealing with. Yeah. I want I want it to be as much in line with what it uh once was, which is uh, the silhouette theater seats in the front with them in them. Yeah. Uh, covering the same basic movies. I want them to be sticking more with the the old school stuff. Okay. I don't. I swear to God, man. If they're focusing on sci fi original movies, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I I I'm not. I won't watch it. I I, I fucking hate those movies. Yeah. With a passion, all that Sharknado bullshit. Anyone for for the people that are listening to this that uh, are following the six uh, 2016 cult movie challenge and are participating in it, that there's a. a Nice little uh, piece of trivia for you right there. I'll be putting together relatively soon the uh, the lineup for the 2017 Cold Movie Challenge. No fucking way are you going to see the sci-fi original movies on there. <laughs> because I fucking hate them. I will not voluntarily sit down and watch one of those pieces yeah. of shit. It's a, you know, there's movies out there that are so bad they're good because there's some sort of failed passion yeah. in them or just like a complete and total what the fuck was that sort of <laughs> thing these movies are just lazy it's it, i always think back to this one phrase where uh, it was said nobody sets out to make a bad movie yeah and while that's true i don't necessarily think that it's not that everyone sets out to make a good movie some people just don't give a shit. Like, let's just finish this movie so we can make a profit. Yeah. That's all that they give a shit about. And that, that's what sci-fi original movies are. No I think passion. it's a combination of that and it's a, it's 
uh, a large portion of it is like trying to appeal to the fans of so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. And um, how many? God, how many times throughout history have we seen that fail miserably? Every time it's tried. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Tommy Wiseau's follow-up to the room that showed the neighbors. Yeah. I, it unwatchable. I I don't even know if I finished the first episode. If I did, obviously that was where it ended. Uh, uh, my uh, my Angelou. Yeah, that too. Uh, my experience with that series was the portion they showed us when we saw the room in theaters. Oh yeah, which <laughs> that that was, that was enough. Audio was uh, clipping constantly. They had it so high. Yeah, and it was just like well, I don't. What is? What is this? And why is it? And when is it over? The, is he, he had become too self aware? Yeah. That's why I haven't bitten the bullet and watched Samurai Cop 2 yet. I don't have any interest, really, in seeing Birdemic 2. Really, I mean, with the exception of the live Rift Tracks version of it, I don't have any interest in watching Birdemic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, when things become self-aware, you can't get that so bad it's good quality. And that's what's pro- that's what's going on with sci-fi original movies. Yeah. And, yeah, don't... I keep those away from Mystery Science Theater. I don't want them. Yeah. Now, if they want to do, like, um... Uh, I don't know where I was going to go with that one, actually. <laughs> you know, back up on that path, get back to the beginning of the... For- get back to the fork in the road there. I, I think it'd be in their best interest to stick with the more nostalgic sort of stuff. I think that's what people want from a show like this. Yeah. There were times on Mystery Science Theater where they covered a movie that was somewhat recent. I think it was uh, it was in their last season, which I think was in 1999, that they covered a movie that was made in 1996. Huh. That was uh, Future War. Oh, they did Future War. Yeah, you didn't know that. None of the thing of it, I think, I think I may have remembered either you mentioned it or they mentioned it on... Best, Best of, the of the Worst, when when we saw that episode. I think they did both, actually. Okay. No, I think they did one and I did the other. Yeah. Well, now, here's the interesting question. Would, would that be a movie that you would be willing to watch the Mystery Science version of first, or do you want to go in fresh with the movie? I'd like to go in fresh with that movie. Okay, then watch that movie between now and next time I'm over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing that fucker over. <laughs> Um, what is the next week's theme? I've already forgotten. It's, uh, uh, USA Up All Night. Yeah. The last second I remember that, because, uh, the video player that I use to watch all these movies, it just goes into the next thing. Yeah. So, the moment Beast Yucca Flats just ended, and rather abruptly, it just started up with our next week's movie, which is Bikini Car Wash Company, and that was a very jarring transition. (laughs) But that's the movie, Bikini Car Wash Company, for USA Up All Night Week. Uh, I've been looking forward to this week. 90s songs. Yeah, that. Uh, Mostly just... uh, to relive the USA up all night. Cause like, God, I, I missed that. I didn't honestly, I didn't even know whether or not you like watched it. 
I, I I did occasionally. It wasn't something like I had planned, you know, every week to sit down and, and see. But every time I managed to catch it, I had a blast. Oh, it was a, it was a great showcase for some really good schlock fests. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that next season. As it is right now, this was week 35, Mystery Science Year 3000 week, and we watched Beast of Yucca Flats. Stop on by next week for USA Up All Night Week and Bikini Car Wash Company. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening.